Those who move quickly to digitize their supply chain will gain efficiencies, develop new business models and revenue streams, and create competitive advantage. If we want to change the world, the best place to do that is within the supply chain. Hey, it's Ron, and welcome to Supply Change, Episode 4, the B2B case for apps. Roy, welcome to Episode 4. All right, thanks, Ron. Have you sorted out if we're getting paid $1.99 or $0.99 cents for each of these these podcasts yet? Do you know? <laughs> well, if we get $0.99, we, cents, we, I think as, we're lucky. <laughs> okay. Hey, um, so apps is a topic you and I talk about all the time. Um, and it's certainly, if you think about, as I think about TradeShift, um, and as I think about the implications on procurement and supply chain, the apps component is really uh, a bit of the secret sauce. So um, the ability to digitize um, transactions um, and activities is something that I think is um, um, critical to the future of supply chain and procurement. And I'm going to start, I'm going to get into an app. This is going to be a little bit of a diversion, but I'm going to read something to you. And then I'm going to talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, your favorite app and my favorite app that we're dealing with today. So um this is a quote out of the Harvard Business Review from about five months ago that said, over the next 10, five to 10 years, supply chains will change dramatically. Those who move quickly to digitize their supply chain will gain efficiencies, develop new business models and revenue streams, and create competitive advantage. So that's out of HBR from about six months ago. And I think of what we're doing as a trade shift is um, exactly that. And I think it's the apps piece that is really helping to enable uh, that opportunity for businesses. Um, one app that um, I'm particularly fond of right now, and um, we were just in Australia about three weeks ago talking to companies um, about this app is called Freedom. It was called Made in the Free World previously, and it's an app that identifies slave labor and child labor um, in your supply chain down three levels. That's my favorite app right now, but I'm just curious to see what you've got. Sure. So uh, applica- there's, there's going to be millions of applications because it's going to be niche plays that really drive activity at the very basis of the entire supply chain, element by element. Uh, but I'll tell you, let me just start with that uh, Made in a Free World. I worked with Justin a long time ago uh, as he was building this out. I truly believe that if we want to change the world, the best place to do that is within the supply chain. So when procurement sends out a bid and has criteria uh, uh, for for things that matter, not just about price or quality or service, what happens if it has criteria in there to say, uh, you have to certify you have no uh, forced labor in your uh, product mix, that you have uh, a low carbon footprint in your product mix, that we could actually bid things out that are going to change how work is done. So the criteria of a free supply chain or criteria of a low carbon footprint supply chain or one that is driving recycling uh, or reusability in the supply chain uh, that does the least amount of damage to the environment. So I would suggest to you that my favorite app is the RFP engine where you can actually change how suppliers are selected and therefore change how work is being done all across the globe. Uh, you know, I think my aha moment so far at Tradeshift and, and in the apps field has really been around the fact that um, the notion of companies getting to digitization in their supply chain on their own um, is a bit of a non-starter. And what I mean by that is um, it takes capital, it takes expertise, and the notion of every company solving this digitization problem on their own um, 
I think is not the way this is going to play out. I think what we do, and I think what Trade Shift offers, it offers is that on ramp to digitization for companies that really don't, you know, aren't clear what that roadmap looks like. So, um, and the apps are really the, as I said earlier, the bit of the secret sauce there, which is, um, you know, and and we look at lots of apps. I'm looking at probably ten different apps a week. The reality is they're offering the opportunity to digitize a particular process for companies. Um, and rather than spend the next year trying to figure out what that process should be, really, I hate to use a cliche, but there's an app for that. And I think what we're doing is finding those apps that, and, and it's a curation pro- process, not a, and, th- and I think you talk about it the same way. We're curating our ecosystem to have the apps that are addressing those issues in procurement and supply chain that most need addressing. And I think as we take those these models out to companies, I think what, what's resonating is, Heck, I can do this a lot faster and digitize a lot faster and get those advantages that I read out earlier from Harvard Business Review by working through the Trade Shift platform than I trying to build this solution on my own. No question. So now when we talk about digitization, that is the key. So I'm in agreement with the HBR review that said as we digitize the supply chain and we get cleaner and cleaner data that allows us to move faster, more accurately, we'll be able to do uh, additions to that data. We can add a robust analysis to that data, the artificial intelligence, the robotics activity. We can streamline and let the tools do more of that transactional work, which we've been talking about in the last three episodes is you have to get away from the transactional work so that you can do the things that are more innovative, the design thinking, the creativity, the collaboration, all that is crucial. But when you mention curation, I've been using that word for for the last five months I've been here at TradeShift, is that it's not just a curation from a procurement-centric point of view, but it's curation to the internal customers-centric point of view. So you can curate a selection of tools that make it better for that individual to get their job done. No, absolutely. And I I think um, another um, mistake I think people make sometimes is think um, the solution is simply the app. I think the difference that we offer, I think, and what TradeShift does, <clears throat> the magic is not in a standalone app. The magic is the fact that it's it's on the platform. It interacts with all of our other products, and it also um, uh, uh, encompasses all of the data that we have in our network as well. So it's the it's the interoperability of all of that 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 drives the big value. I think um, it gives makes it easy for companies on the network to access these way, new ways of doing business and drive those benefits we talked about earlier. All right. Then, I mean, if you think about when Apple, uh, and we first came out the smartphone, uh, they never, they thought about one or two applications. There's a phone, there may be a text app, maybe a photo app, but, but there are a million and growing number of applications. I see in the B2B world that as, as uh, designers and app writers get into this, they're going to realize there's gold by fixing problems at the root cause so that people can uh, use the applications to drive efficiencies and effectiveness. And there is no end to the number of applications that can be built. So, Roy, a couple of things in response to, to your comments there. I think one is um, from, a, from an apps ecosystem and, and the curation process, I think what's critical about that is, and you know as well as I, 
Um, there's a million really cool apps out there. And each week I probably see 10 or 15 of them coming toward us that are amazing. But the reality is that it goes back to, there's a theme we're developing here. It goes back to some of the things we said in past episodes. We've got to make sure we're collecting and putting apps on the in the ecosystem and on the platform that are addressing and solving challenges that companies have out there. So this can't be a build it and they will come model. I think we've got to make sure that we're as we curate, we're solving problems for companies and um, they're the right mix of apps. And I also think that there's this notion in my mind, and I, I know I've heard you talk about it as well, of, of bundles of apps that address certain areas of the supply chain. So there could be a bundle of apps that address transportation, and there could be a bundle of apps that address, um, I make this up, inventory management. But I think there's also that notion of um, solving problems, making sure we're getting the right apps, and, and developing bundles that are I think you could look at if you're coming from a transportation function in an organization, you'd be really interested in what we offer on the platform in the transportation space. So I think there's there's something there to be talked about. Absolutely. So we also we had a presentation a month or so ago regarding food and vegetables that are coming in. This happened to be in the European space. And their biggest concern was over a third of everything that they push out gets thrown away. I mean, a third. Uh, we have a enormous problem with with children and families that are not uh, being fed that have that have hunger issues, and we're throwing away the third of the perfectly good food because we don't have a way of of collecting it and bringing it forward. I see an app not just being the application, but the app and the service providers and the suppliers that go along with it to be able to create marketplaces that will be able to find and reprocess and resell and transport the next generation of, of that item, whether it be food or precious metals. So each of those could be marketplaces that are built and sustainable, uh, and they need input out of the current marketplace to provide additional value. So think of uh, the apps as a part of an entire solution of providers and that they build it and develop it, and then you just plug into it as a business. And now you have a food recycling marketplace at your disposal or an IT recycling marketplace at your disposal. Uh, so these types of, of solutions are going to make it easier and easier for a CPO to be able to get their products and service they need bought and the, uh, to be done easier and faster. Understand today, these things are all very high touch, big implementation efforts, almost impossible to, to leave once you get in them. And you're stuck with the same tool. But tomorrow on the TradeShift platform, you're going to be able to interchange applications, build out new applications, add new marketplaces to deliver on solutions and be uh, dynamic and fast and digital. It is absolutely the way to be more efficient and effective going forward. Yeah. And, and I know you and I talked uh, a couple of days ago about how apps can simplify complex processes. Um, and I, and I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a supply chain. Um, you, you would think um, that processes would be streamlined over time. The reality is, and there was one example I had that uh, I had worked on at one point, there was a, a very simple process and it, it involved 42 different touches within an organization for a very simple process. And I think uh, it, it's in part because we're trying to solve problems using old ways of working. And we talked about it in the past. I think apps and um, digitization are going to help us solve those problems and deliver new value. Which, And that's at the end of the day, I think what we're trying to do is create new value, whether it's 
you know, for, for companies, for consumers, whoever our end customer is, I think we're talking about creating new value. Um, and I go back to that Harvard Business Review quote a lot in the notion, from the notion of it's, it's, you know, apps is really the secret sauce that helps us get Absolutely. Out. So if you think about uh, labor, I do a lot with uh, uh, temporary labor uh, and then uh, the tools that are they're put in place that are still big and, and bulky, but temp labor is not a, a one size fits all. I mean, uh, you look at uh, a, someone like a Java programmer, you go, oh, it's a Java programmer. Well, if you're in the medical field, they're looking for Java programmers that have specific medical field application or financial services application or actuarial services if you're in the insurance business. Well, then we ask, well, why would people want to build these applications? What's the what's the value or the incentive for these companies to say, I want to be a part of this and I want to build apps that can live on this structure? Have you talked to companies in that regard? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, it's, what's interesting is um, and it, something you said just spawned in, you know, some inspiration in me as well. One area that I think supply chain has always struggled is around supply chain visibility and supply chain transparency. And, and increasingly over the last 10 years, the criticality of that, particularly for regu- highly regulated products like food and tobacco and alcohol, um, and increasingly even now with cannabis, I think the ability for us to deliver a solution in that area is critical. Historically, and this, you know, this this is my ex- personal experience, is it's required three or four or five tools for companies to invest in to get that end-to-end um, line of sight, end-to-end visibility, to really manage their supply chain most effectively. Um, this is a space that I think is is particularly um, uh, right uh, for the technology and the apps model. And I know our team in our Frontiers team in Copenhagen uh, is spending a lot of time thinking and working and piloting in the track and trace space. I, I think this is one area um, in supply chain track and trace and visibility that there's been some immense uh, innovation over the last couple of years that I think is going to be a place where we can really deliver value in the future as well from an apps perspective. Oh, absolutely. So when I go out to the CPOs that I've done business with and uh, I went to this one company and they're just about to start a P2P process and they've selected one of the older style uh, P2P solutions out there and it was going to take them years. And I said, well, when did you start the, the, the effort? They go, well, it was over 18 months ago when we started our business case. to be able to get to the point where there was going to be an ROI for this solution. And then once we got the approval of the business case, we had to fight for budget for this activity. And then once we got the budget approved, then we had to fight for IT resources to be able to do the implementation. And whether, uh, even if it's on a cloud-based activity, there's still that whole implementation structure. And the person was sitting there going, and at the end, I'm still going to have a single tool with no real flexibility or dynamic nature to it. And I'm going to have to force my internal customers to use this single tool. And I keep looking at the, and if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yep. So when I talk to them about the fact that they could curate a solution that is perfect for the marketing and the advertising and the legal and the R&D and the engineering people, the inventory people, and it ties the work together under a common structure, Uh, they're like, well, this must be enormously expensive. And I said, at the end of the day, I believe we're going to be able to provide these where the cost uh, of this structures are mitigated by the value created by the marketplace, where suppliers are offering these innovative solutions, where the amount of money going through the marketplace, the efficiencies are going to lower the cost structure that, that 
these these costs of these tools up front are going to be insignificant in the whole the whole uh, scheme of things. And, and something you said I want to build on as well. I think there's another component to this story, and it came out of a, a meeting I had yesterday with a, a customer, and that's the notion that um, a lot of this technology, if you go it on your own, it's expensive. To your point, it takes a while to implement. And the reality is the technology and the changes in the technology are moving quickly. I think what, what our platform allows you to do is continue to have at your at, available to you the latest technology to manage a particular process. So rather than invest in something, 18 months implementation, can't customize it. And then at the end of it, it's like these 10 things that are better than that that have been innovated. Our platform allows you to continually upgrade and leverage that latest technology and the latest innovation because that, that app ecosystem is continually growing and continually expanding. Absolutely. So now, Ron, let's let's put our, our crystal ball out there. What's the future hold in this app space? Look, I think... Um, more and more, particularly in supply chain, you're going to see supply chain organiz- organizations moving to what I think of as supply chain control towers, um, where they're managing um, data and not managing particular processes. So, and it's the apps ecosystem and apps that will help manage that. So it's and look, and I think we talked about it earlier. I think what that's going to require from a people perspective, there'll be less people working in traditional supply chains and more people working in the data space because the reality is. Um, we've worked manually in the past because we just didn't have accessibility to the level of data we have now. Now that that data is available, supply chain is really going to be much more about monitoring processes and leveraging a technology than it has been in the past. And I think you just, I think supply chain organizations within companies will look very, very different in five years than they do now. And I think apps is the, the tipping point. Oh, absolutely. I think the, the transactional work will finally be brought uh, where the apps are doing that transactional work and the the chief procurement officer, the chief supply chain officer will actually get to the level where they're driving so much innovation and value that they're going to have to have the skill sets to be able to work hand in hand with the CFO, the CIO and the CEO uh, in terms of direction for the company, because the suppliers are going to have significant level of understanding, transparency, and control so that we can deliver those innovative ideas from the suppliers. The supply chain people of yesterday will need the skills to be able to drive collaboration with their internal customers, be able to pull innovation from their suppliers, and deliver that next round of new products, new services for the company to survive. So I see supply chain individuals becoming much more valuable and those that have the skills to be able to deliver on that won't have to worry about the transactional work or the invoice problems because those are all going to be a thing of the past. This is about innovation, design thinking, collaboration with the internal customers and actually doing uh, decisions that will affect the future of the company. I see that as definitely the future of supply chain. You've been listening to Supply Change, a trade shift podcast. That's all for today. Thanks for joining us. 